I'm co-host James Ash. And I'm co-host Phil Scaife. Welcome to The Business Lockdown. Welcome to today's uh, episode. We have Miriam... I can't see... Seafield. Seafield. and Ian Kenny. Uh, these guys are based in one of my favourite cities in the world, uh, in Amsterdam, uh, working with the University of Amsterdam. Um, Miriam is a director of summer schools programmes and Ian is the programme coordinator. Um, we, we met in Morocco over the winter at a co- uh, a Sunday's co- co-working, co-living space and it's, uh, it's a pleasure to, to see you guys again. Welcome on today's show. Thank you uh, for having us, James. Yeah. Welcome Thanks, to the James. show, guys. Thank you. So, uh, there's lots we can, we can cover today. Um, I think I'm really curious, first of all, in what does Amsterdam, this, this, the city of tourists, look like with zero tourists right now? I mean, it, it must feel very, very different. Uh, it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might um, say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, actually, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's especially the silence. It's really quiet. Normally, you have so many noises and such crowded streets. Um, last week, we made a little video uh, of the Red Light District, uh, where you normally can't film. And we give a little tour. The, one of our academic directors gives a little tour of the Red Light District. So there you can see the totally empty streets of the Red Light District, which is unusual in the neighborhood where I live uh, it's the planes mainly that uh, you know that uh, aren't flying so it's silent Uh, uh, also the trams go less so it's especially the noise level is way down and uh, you can walk without bumping too much into people though the streets are very narrow so what it will mean for the 1.5 meter society that's technically impossible in Amsterdam. Um, So yeah, and then of course, once people can go out, they all go to the the formal park, for example, and uh, that's down the street of my house. It's like my backyard where I normally would walk or bike through, Uh. but it's, it's, it's so busy. They close all the entrances. Uh, So I haven't been there in a long time. Uh, yesterday I walked through it because it was raining, um, so I could go in and don't uh, fall over all the people. But uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's different. Uh, it's quiet. Has <laughs> <laughs> lock, lockdown started easing now in Amsterdam? Uh, from yeah, it's it already started. I don't yeah, it did Ian right? Yeah. So or is it from tomorrow or next week? About two weeks ago, we had some uh, some small changes, some things that were initially not allowed to happen, like you know, uh, hair salons, things like that were allowed to reopen. We never really had restaurants closed down, of course, but they were all welcome to do takeaway from right away. So we haven't really had the big closure of everything that a lot of other places have had. And then from the 1st of June, so next Monday, well, that's a holiday for us. So really technically from the 2nd, um, we do start to see some some more restrictions relaxed and, uh, and restaurants can open restaurants and... can open so we'll be trying to dine together in no more than groups of two with one and a half meters between us it'll be largely impossible as miriam ter- said terraces can <laughs> open 
Yeah, that will be nice. But if I expect it to be crazy. Yeah, I think maybe the idea is nicer than it will actually be in person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reality. I, saw, I saw a picture of, uh, I don't know if it was just a staged social media post, but it was a restaurant in Amsterdam and they'd made with little... The, with the glass. Ah, oh yeah, that's mediumatic. Right. <laughs> we work with them. Yeah. Uh, it's not too far from, um, from the universities next to Central Station. And it's actually more an art collective, right, Ian? You yeah, it's very interesting. They, they do a lot of different things there. They're kind of like a, a laboratory for the city. So they do various sorts of everything from like cooking workshops to smell scapes of the city. Uh, and their home is, is right there in this beautiful tiny little warehouse next to the central station on the water. And they are about to start their uh, restaurant back up with those little individual greenhouses that have yeah. all been colored differently. Because yeah. they have one big greenhouse there, right? So they do, yeah. It's, it's normally, we have a drawing actually in our office made by one of the students of the mediumatic uh, uh, space. Yeah. And uh, so that's a, that's a greenhouse. And now you have these tiny little greenhouses. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, oh, so uh, it's a, so it's a real thing. Yeah, it's, it's real not a gimmick, thing. it's real. Yeah. <laughs> you'll have to, uh, you'll have to send us some photographs, drop some photographs or some videos on the group when you guys go and visit and let us know, you know, let us know that experience. Cause it's, it's, it's content that we've seen and we've put out into our audience um, across For socials. Sure. And, uh, and it's certainly, um, it's certainly given uh, given people some ideas or some hope about you know going out and eating sooner with with, with ideas like that in place. So, um, but Ian, your, your uh, Dutch accent that's uh, more, more Canadian, if I'm right. Yeah, more Canadian, correct. Yeah, <laughs> like lots of people in the Netherlands, you know, it's it's an extremely international and multicultural place here. So I moved to the Netherlands four and a half years ago now to start my master's degree at the University of Amsterdam. And at the time, I didn't have any intention of, of staying after my degree. But then, you know, one thing led to another and I fell in love. I started doing well in school and then I met Miriam. Um, and yeah, I haven't looked back since. So I've been working at the summer programs office since actually since before I graduated. And we celebrated my graduation party together in, in Morocco oh, yeah, uh, yeah. of 2017 which was a really special day. And yeah, so I do speak Dutch. I'm more or less fluent, but in, in, you don't hear a Dutch accent in English, of course, and you definitely hear my Canadian accent when I speak Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, where, where Phil and I are from, we, um, it's so accessible because uh, we have the ferry port in East Yorkshire in, in our city. Right. And so when it's off, out of season, it's what, I think it's about 38 pounds per person um uh, to go for two nights on the ferry and a day trip to rotterdam or amsterdam so it's like why why wouldn't you or it's a 45 minute flight from from our nearest airport so it's right. like i first i first visited when i was 18 and i remember i made a promise to myself because i just thought it was that amazing and dutch people are so amazing as well and i remember just thinking i'm gonna i'm gonna promise myself to visit every year and i've missed one year by one month and i think i'm on my 46th time I've been now so my 46 visits I've been to just so when I say it's one of my favorite cities in the world it, it, it really Amazing. is it's certainly my most my most visited uh and oh, um, yeah I'm, I'm very soon. Mm -hmm. fingers crossed eh? yes I mean uh, it, yes we, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly keep in contact I think there's a business meeting isn't it Phil that we we need to be um there is yeah we're just uh, just planning that weren't we yeah mm. yeah yeah we'll, we'll, <laughs> Well, <laughs> <Certainly emails. laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, um, 
so what does what what does life look uh, look like with the University of Amsterdam under normal circumstances? So pre COVID nineteen. Well, um, I'm doing this for twenty five years now, almost. Yeah. I think I started in nineteen ninety seven. So this will be my first summer without students. Uh, normally, uh, around this time, we would be panicking and working our things up and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, preparing for uh, hundreds of students to come in and prepare housing and excursions and everything. But in March, we canceled everything. So um, it, it's, it's like, yeah, as if somebody cut off one of my arms. Um, um, we mourned a little and uh, but you know we, we thought okay you know what can we do so um, uh, we started this uh, online page summer school online Ian can tell you more about it and after a while we also decided you know to uh, not like some universities do uh, try to uh, put our courses online because you know what's special about our programs is that they take place in Amsterdam and we use the city as our laboratory like what you call mediumetic that's one yeah. of our excursions for uh, one of the programs and we really travel through the city and uh, everything's connected it's very interactive um, so we use the city as our laboratory we have a lot of urban study programs but also sexuality programs addiction so all these topics you know that are interwoven with the city so we use the city we move through the city and all these things are impossible now and you can't reproduce them online so and we don't think we should even try that so we made a click in our heads and we developed a short modules of two weeks that people can combine and still have some of our main topics in there. So one is on urban studies, uh, one is on sexuality, culture and society, um, mindfulness, our mindfulness program, of course, mm -hmm. and Boris program. Yeah, navigating troubling times. So like looking at the present through uh, some different lenses and looking at longer term narratives that are at play, not just around COVID-19, but, but things that the recent crisis has made apparent in the way we live. And I think at the University of Amsterdam in general, I mean, for us, it's, it's been particularly shocking because you know everything that we do is in the summer and, and we work for the whole year to welcome 600 students every summer. It's for me also the most exciting time of the year. I love when the students are there having everyone from all over the world. I think last year we had 70 different nationalities represented. So it's, it's quite, uh, wow. it's an enormous event. Uh, yeah. the, the education's great, the, the atmosphere is excellent and normally the weather cooperates. So it, it definitely is a special time for us. But of course, everyone at the university in general, also in regular education, you know, courses have gone online. A lot of international students um, have made the decision to, to go back home, but they're still attending courses through Zoom. Um, lectures have been extremely resourceful. Professors are doing a great job. And, and actually, in, in general, uh, the University of Amsterdam, everyone's really pulled together to, to yeah, kind of yeah. band around each other and, and make sure that we can continue offering the different education programs that we do, at least the regular ones and the ones that can't go forward. I mean, people like us, we're trying to be as innovative as possible. And help out other parts of uh, our yeah. uh, department. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. <laughs>
it is so you have you, you, you have 600 um students visit amsterdam i would imagine a a a, a, a fair percentage of those is uh, first time visitors that would have been correct yeah, yeah 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 and you you facilitate so you you get to step back and watch these these <laughs> these uh, first experiences of one of what I consider to be the best cities in the world. That must be um, that must be quite something. Um, yeah, after, especially after all the hard work that you got that goes into right. planning and during the year, and then it all comes to, all comes to fruition, and you 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 will see the students in front of you and join their time. What what? How long do the students stay in Amsterdam? Is it for a, a full yeah, summer? So week, for, week we program? we have mainly programs that last three weeks because we think you know. If you really want to get to know the city a little and deep dive into a topic, you need at least three weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, first week is to get to, you know, sometimes it's for people the first time they study abroad, you know, and they travel on their own mm -hmm. uh, and they travel from far away, you know. Um, so it's, uh, it's not, so it's not only the excitement of being in Amsterdam, but it's for often for students also for the first time that they have this responsibility. Um, so that's why we really try to provide a lot of service and really attend to the students. Um, yeah. um, so, we or, so we organize everything, not only the whole application process and the content of the, the academic content, of course, with the academic faculty, uh, but also the housing and they get a card for public transport and a museum card and we really you know welcome them and and have a community sense mm -hmm. so they often fall in love with amsterdam there's always a percentage of students that say i don't want to go back i want to stay <laughs> and some of them stay like ian and yeah. uh, and others um so um i forgot what you were asking <laughs> you, were, you, were, you were just about to say that we can stay at yours when we do our business trip right. in, in the coming couple of months. That was, that, that was right, Ian, wasn't it? Yeah. That's what I meant about I'm expecting emails. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be fair, Miriam, you'll probably hear a knock on the door before, uh, before yeah. I'll, be, I'll be there quicker than an email <laughs> takes a second to do. But. <laughs> um, what is it, what, I mean, as a, as, a, as a wonderful city, I mean, how... Um, how easy is it to uh, maintain students' attention? I mean, such a beautiful oh. city, but it could be such a distract distraction oh. as well, right? I'll, I'll talk one more time, Ian, yeah. and then I'll give the floor to you. No, Because ahead. that was always my worry. And people think, oh, they're going to party and, you know. But to my amazement, uh, you know, from early on, they're really serious students. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we have... We, it's not that we accept everybody, I have to say that, we're selective. Mm -hmm. So um, that might help, you know, so that we filter out the party goers. Um, yeah, I don't know, maybe we do, but um, yeah. Uh, there are always some, of course, that are in Naturally. class with a hangover or not completely there. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's really, it's rare actually you know most of them are, are really serious and of course we give them time you know in the weekend they uh, they can you know they're they're free they're on their own you know we sometimes try to develop a kind of social program but of course the city is you know one big party you know they hardly need any social programming because they find their way themselves mm -hmm. uh, so no it's it's um, 
uh, it's rigorous uh, ac academic programs. We really focus on content, prepare really well. Um, so I think we also attract a certain type of students. Yeah, I would agree with Miriam on, on that. I think the over the 25 years that Miriam's been doing it, the reputation has start to, started to speak for itself. Um, and we do things differently from other universities. Summer school for us isn't just uh, to be offered so that you can catch up or or get ahead, though of course students do that, but but we try to offer programs that you really wouldn't find in regular education. So even if uh, the general topic, like like urban studies is something you could get at your university. Uh, we try and offer a course like planning the cycling city, for instance, that takes a very Amsterdam based approach on things. What we find actually is that the students kind of get, they get so wrapped up in their program. Yeah. We keep them, we keep them small intentionally. So maximum 30 participants. And I must say one of my favorite moments and least favorite moments of the summer is when, um, is, is the final session before the students leave. So we have these kind of farewell sessions. And we give out certificates, but we actually ask the students to give them to each other. So they present their fellow students with their certificates and say something nice about them. I've seen a lot of people cry at these events. I've seen really, I believe, lifelong friendships made in our classrooms. And yeah, people do get distracted sometimes by the city, but I think that's what we try actually to, to promote that you're, you're, you should also be here to go and experience what it's like to live here. And I mean, Amsterdam is, it's absolutely bursting at the seams with things to do for everyone, you know, from museums to, um, to sex work, kind of, we have it all, so. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's also, you know, that um, when you come here as a tourist, you tend to stay more in the inner city. And we take students everywhere, you know, so to the margins of the city, they do field work in all the different areas. So um, we give them a total, uh, total experience of the city mm -hmm. as if they, they live here. And, you Fantastic. know, sometimes people ask me, why are you still doing this? You know, it's, I mean, every time is different and you can really change people's lives. You can, yeah. You know, um, the freedom uh, of the city, the tolerance of the city, even though that is contested by, uh, by some and rightly so in a certain way, but still compared to a lot of people's homelands or, or, or where they live, it's, uh, yeah, there's a certain freedom. And um, it, that's also one of the reasons probably why people like, like to stay. But also sometimes they make a click in their head like, oh, I can look at it from this perspective, that changes things. And they will take that with them for the rest of their lives. And as Ian said, of course, also the friendships they make. And, you know, and, and, you know we, we always say, you know, don't look at people as representative of their governments, you know, but see them as individuals. And then you have these classrooms sometimes with 20 students from 19 different countries. And, uh, you know, they, they, they get, you know, they suddenly see, oh, oh my God, these are humans. These aren't coming from, you know, I remember seeing a, um, a, a, there was a, a short um, documentary on, I think it was the BBC a few years ago. I've never been to university, but it's the closest I've ever thought about doing so. And it was, it was because the, I think the, um, it was when the, the, the prices hiked up in, uh, in the UK, it was like nine, is it 9,000 pounds per, 
per term or per year, and then um, and they they were looking at the comparison with Amsterdam, and at the, at the time of that, it was one thousand pounds, and so you had all of these international students then going over to Amsterdam and, and, and taking university, so they're not coming out riddled with debt, and it's an international school, and. And, and being in an amazing city and stuff. Is that, is that, is that still the case with the university? Yeah, for, for students from the European Union and through a select other set of countries through deals that they pay the Dutch tuition fee rate or the European tuition fee rate, which is extremely low. I must say, like I, I'm from Canada, as we said, and, and we have a great education system there. Um, but our university is also only partially subsidized by the government. You have to put in a lot of money yourself if you want to go to university. It makes the stress uh, yeah, a lot more palpable. But one thing that the Dutch have definitely perfected, I would say, just as an outsider's perspective over the last uh, several years, is their university education model. You know, it's, it's open. And I think also we can't forget that at the University of Amsterdam, we also have a more left-wing tradition. Um, we're always the mm, outliers in some cases. Um, and I think it's something to be proud of. Education's accessible for people as much as possible and the university does take it seriously to to work on that all the time but we have to thank the dutch government for the good tuition rates because uh, that's nationally mandated and um you know for for international students we do uh like for myself coming from outside of the eu um i was fortunate enough to win a, a merit scholarship so the university is very active in giving people from outside of the eu full tuition cover scholarships if they can um, and, and even if not, uh, actually the cost with the conversion for me to study in the Netherlands was still more affordable than to do, let's say, a, a law degree in Canada, which was what I was considering at the time. Yeah. Wow. And, and the, uh, another, I mean, this, and one of the reasons why I, I love the Dutch and, and, and the people and the culture is just how, like, they just seem to get it right. Like, you think, well, that, that just makes sense on a number of fronts. And that's why I think it's big. I mean, I don't live in the UK now. I live overseas. And I think that's over time, it's just become more and more increasingly difficult to just, especially you look at what's happening with the, with the government now. And, and it, you know, there's some, some interesting things happening. It seems on a daily, uh, a daily occurrence now with some of the politicians and whatnot. But <laughs> there was, there was one, uh, one document where it, it showed like with student housing. So student housing and tuition fees in the UK uh, you know, through the roof, and it showed this one documentary, and they thought, right, you've got these issues with it, with the elderly people, and and socialising, and you've got these high, like high fees for students for housing. So it was like, right, let's let's solve, let's work on that, and and so they brought students into the same accommodation with the elderly, and the students did didn't pay anything for their accommodation, but they, they were contracted to like give 30, I think it was 38 hours a month, say like one-to-one -one time with residents. Mm -hmm. And they weren't factored in with the staffing numbers. So it was, they were purely hours to give. And, and I just, and you, you watch something like that and you say, well, that's, that's perfect. You know, and that's, again, that's the, the that's Dutch way of thinking. And yeah. the, the elderly are then interacting and engaging and you've got these young people learning so much as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and going out to football games and stuff. And you just think like, yeah, there's, there's so many, so many, um, that we could touch on, I'm sure, that, that, that like that. And it's Scandinavians as well in, in, the, in a similar mindset. But what's the, um, what's the, what's, what would you say is the one thing about living in Amsterdam and, and in the Netherlands that people, people, you know, 
get wrong about the about the place what would you say is the um <laughs> is the, i mean you've touched on you've touched oh, on it being oh. uh, uh incredibly sensible and people often think it isn't what's the uh, yeah what are the um, well, well sort of... first of all what i always say to the students amsterdam is not the netherlands exactly yeah that's in mind mm -hmm. you know they have just i mean first of all amsterdamers are very arrogant <laughs> um, you know, um, we're, we always think we're the best and we know better and, you know, um, we're the center of the universe, basically. Um, and that's why with a lot of, actually, almost with all programs, we make an excursion to Rotterdam. Mm -hmm. And Rotterdam is a harbor city, has been totally, almost totally wiped out during the Second World War so has a totally different architecture and a totally different mindset they always say you know rotterdam is a hard-working you know blue colors no nonsense hard-working people and amsterdam are the snotty snobbish uh, you know <laughs> and it's true basically <laughs> i have to say that and there's of course a fierce competition between the two also when it comes to football um, but um, so that's a misconception. Amsterdam is not the Netherlands. And we also try to take them into the countryside and we encourage them, you know, to go out of the city. And as I said earlier, we also take them to other parts of Amsterdam because, you know, it's a, it's, yeah, it's the, the tourist area is not real life. To be honest, I actually hardly ever come there anymore because it's so busy. Mm -hmm. uh, we used to have the university right in the middle, well, next to the red light district behind Dam Square. And at one point, you know, I mean, in the morning when I would bike to work, of course, we all bike. That's not a misconception. We, no, that's yeah. very real. We all that's bike. That's very real. And we, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> we bike and we walk. You know, we really have to put it in emails to students bring yeah. walking shoes you know we will walk and they like walk more than 100 meter is some people and we walk through the entire city you know and we walk in a fast pace like new yorkers almost yeah and we bike everywhere and the bikes are everywhere and um so um I, again totally distracted from my own <laughs> story <laughs> but anyway um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there, uh, misconceptions is, is that Amsterdam is, doesn't represent uh, the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. There's a whole part of the Netherlands that's different. I think for me as a, as a foreigner, and now someone who's made the Netherlands my home, uh, that, was, that was something really interesting. Of course, I, I studied, I love history, I, I did a degree in history before I came to the Netherlands. and. And I actually studied a lot of Dutch history because I found it such an interesting, slightly different version of European history. But I think what you do forget when you come here is that in, even in such a small country, you know, I'm from the second largest country in the world. And I looked at the Netherlands and I thought, this is just barely the size of our smallest province. So wow. how are 17 million people going to live together in this space? They probably all have one identity, but, but they don't. Um, and that's not just Amsterdam and Rotterdam, as Miriam pointed out, but indeed the differences between the city and the country, between the north and the south and the east and the west. And I think there is actually 
incredible diversity within the Netherlands, just amongst the Dutch themselves. And, and that's, um, that's actually a really fantastic thing. And the other misconception is that I get asked this all the time. Um, we don't speak German, we speak Dutch. Uh, so I often get asked that, how's your German? Non-existent, but my Dutch is pretty good. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and you've, you've started a, a podcast, this is correct? We have, yeah. So um, as Miriam mentioned, you know, in, in the middle of March when uh, everything kind of went sideways, we were looking at what do we do? And Miriam gave all of our, all of the members of our team, we, she gave us all the assignment, okay, go home, take, take a week and think about what it is that we could do that's different or innovative. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be directly education related, but like, let's keep our name out there and, and, and continue to do what we do. And, and we think that's bringing people together and, and sharing important stories. So we started a podcast called Mokum. Um, that was a pitch that I made just in a, in a small comment at the end of a document. And in the end, it's become one of the, one of the focal points of what we're doing this summer. I feel very honored to do it. I'm learning on the fly and it's been a ton of fun, but the Mokum, and that's uh, in the podcast, we describe that, but that's a Yiddish word that means safe harbor or safe haven, um, that then came to be adopted, uh, as kind of the, the second name for the city. Um, so Amsterdam, that's Mokum. Exactly. So Amsterdam ah. is Mokum. And uh, we named our podcast that because we wanted to tell stories that, like Amsterdam, reflect on things that happen all over the world, but also you see them carried out in your day-to-day -day life. And I think that could be said for a lot of cities around the world, but it just feels particularly special about Amsterdam. So we cover a lot of topics in the podcast that we would cover in a bunch of our programs. It's impossible to represent all 29 of them um, within the run of a summer. But yeah, we're uh, kind of four, four major episodes in now. We put one out every two weeks. So first ones are on uh, a cultures of suspicion and conspiracy theory, and then on journalism and our kind of like media ecosystem in the present. And we just did a, an episode that so far um, really has a special place in my heart. I'm really glad we got to work on this project together, but I actually interviewed everyone in our team and, and a few other um, people that we work with to share a story, uh, whether that's a, an ongoing current event, a news item, a series, whatever, something that makes them pause and think on the present, reflect on, on how a world lines up around us and just, yeah, makes us think for a second. And, um, I must say the episode was a bit daunting from a logistical perspective, interviewing like eight people. And I, as always, bit off more than I could chew, but it was <laughs> so great to see the final, to hear the final yeah, product. It's... Um, yeah, and Miriam's on there. Uh, she starts it all off and um, yeah, it's, it's very thoughtful. It's a great way to reflect on the community of people that you work with. And uh, in the summer, we normally do that directly with people, but we can't do that anymore. So we wanted to, to continue, uh, at least for this summer, and, and who knows, maybe we like it enough, we keep going in the future. <laughs> but um, we wanted this summer to, to make an effort to do that. And response has been really positive. It's been a very enjoyable project to work on. So, so this was a whole new skill, a whole new form of communication for you Absolutely. guys. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I... I think we're I told all him, go and buy a microphone. <laughs> exactly. Miriam said, go buy a microphone. I didn't even know where to begin. So I got in touch with the head of the IT services and I said, hey, 
I need a microphone. I'm starting a podcast. And in the end, I just followed all the links he said, put everything in the cart and, and thankfully sent, sent the bill to Miriam. And, <laughs> um, and we literally got started. It arrived the next day uh, and we got started right away. Um, so it's learning on the fly, which is a bit ambitious, but I think we're taking on a lot of projects that are ambitious in that sense because uh, we're all very active people. And normally at this time of year, as Miriam said, we'd be following our plan that we've been working on, our kind of master plan and making small adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, master plan, there have to be four master plans right now and, um, and maybe four more will come. So we, I think we've given ourselves some, some good challenges in new ways. Uh, and I'm just and so proud of And keep the community that. feeling alive. Yeah. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And um, is, it, is it pure audio? So it's just the audio route that you're going down at the moment? And if so, was there a conscious decision um, to, to not right. cover both with the video interview style? We have a number of projects going on. Uh, something that's, that's happening in education a lot right now are this idea of like mini lectures. And those are actually excellent via video. So we really wanted to uh, we've been making some of those, as Miriam said, one of them is this kind of tour of the red light district. Um, we have a few more in the works, which is pretty exciting. Um, we have the mindfulness uh, on there already. And exactly. mindfulness we, we have, so we have as a starting point, point the summer school online page mm -hmm. where we have the podcast, literature that students can read um, uh, with, with links to all the articles. You guys, if you, you know, want to decide to go to university, uh, James, this is your chance. Never too old. Hey, there are articles never there you old. can read. Never, never too old to learn. No, Phil. no definitely not. Especially in Amsterdam. Not no, us, you so. should check out that page. You <laughs> yeah. will really like it because you get these mini, uh, but also links to the articles, all open source. Yeah. yeah. You know, and um, we have some written interviews with some of our academic directors. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a mindfulness meditation on there. Uh, also, mindfulness tips. To deal with how to deal with COVID, and we will, you know, so we are still creating content, and every week we add more content as we uh, go along. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think, it, it, and people really visit it, uh, you know, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> they really do. I mean, you, you never know, you know, we just try out this stuff. I think it must be the same for you guys, right? Like you, you, you happen on a project and you think, okay, you just have to go for it. And of course, review after the fact or while you're doing it. We were pleasantly surprised by the, uh, <laughs> by the response. And, and we have a, a really, I think a really talented team with enough people on it that we can kind of all take on a few different projects at the same time. So we've gone for this approach where we're all working on everything together, but we do have point people for each of the projects which means we can tackle these different mediums and um, yeah, and, and these different topics in over all these different channels that we're now making. Yeah, I think it's quite easy to get to worry about the end result and to worry about the, the perfect direction just yeah. turns into just procrastinating a lot, doesn't it? And, You're and right. You must have learned a lot in the, in the time that you've been doing this, you know, to, to where you are now, which if you'd known at the beginning, you would have done differently, right? Yeah. Oh, no kidding. And, but one thing I think we do really well as a team, and that's something that Miriam always pushes us to do every year, is we sit down and we review everything that we did. So it's great to run full force throughout the year because you have to in many cases. But we also really take that time, sometimes a week, two weeks, to kind of close everything else down and just think deeply about what we did. 
um, I think as a result, it, it makes it it makes attacking new things less scary because yeah. we we paused to reflect on what we've done and we knew that at that time it, it was also something new or or something different but we were still able to make it work and learn from it so we just kind of put those feathers in our cap and we keep going yeah well yeah, uh, we're not, i mean oh sorry Mary. yeah we're not afraid to fail no uh, i think or to make mistakes yeah i mean i have of course I had to learn it myself and I had to taught the team. I work with a young team um, and, uh, you know, and they're really smart, but they're also really perfectionist, mm -hmm. most of them. I think all of them actually. And yeah, <laughs> look at Ian. So, you know, I'm a bit of a, well, I don't know, how do you, would you call me a mentor? Um, Miriam's a, a good strict teacher. Yeah. Good mentor. You know, yeah. yeah, so, uh, you know, they have to let go of the perfectionism. It doesn't need to be a 100% perfect. And okay, you made a mistake. Well, you know, we move on. We yeah. tried it, you know, and we also, you know, we try things and then in the end after the summer, we think, oh, God, that didn't work at all, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you never know. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes we have brilliant ideas. Oh, and of course, ooh, our trees. You know, such yeah. A, brilliant idea yeah. this year uh, and I was so thrilled and proud we were going to well we did actually plant a tree for every student that uh, would come mm -hmm. so we spent an awful lot of money yeah. <laughs> on uh, planting 2,000 trees a thousand in the Netherlands and a thousand in Uganda mm -hmm. to compensate for their flights but now they haven't come. Yeah. <laughs> but the trees are planted. The trees are planted. That's a large net positive then. <laughs> it is a very large net positive for this year. That's for the, for the planet it is. <laughs> Not for my budget. We're hoping to get to go visit our little forest soon. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then we couldn't go there to plant the trees because of yeah. uh, the lockdown. Because of the lockdown. Yeah. So we couldn't even plant our own trees. And that's, that's in the Netherlands, or is that a Ugandan visit as well that Just you guys in the Netherlands? Now that you mention it, yeah. <laughs> good idea. Yeah. And great content, great content as well at the same time, right? I think a yes. lot of people were, a lot of people at that time were really wrestling with the idea of like, what do we do? in general, not just in education, with people flying over the world. You know, before COVID-19, and certainly when we were in Morocco last year, we were talking about this a lot. Miriam and I, I mean, I travel back home to see my family. Um, Miriam also, we, we love to travel and we were really critically looking at ourselves and then also reflecting on our business. And we thought, okay, it's time, time to put our money where our mouth is. Um, and I'm really proud about it because it's these small changes you make in your work when you reflect on things that can also have a big impact on your personal life um, and, and certainly the lives of other people around you. So that's another story that we, despite the fact that we couldn't be there to plant the trees that we did get a lot of, a lot of people did get in touch with us and say like, wow, this is, this is really cool that you guys are, are thinking about this as well. Um, so there've been some proud moments this year, despite the fact that we, uh, you know, it definitely hasn't go the way, gone the way we wanted it to, but hey, got to roll with the punches. And, and, and you just said, we, we said how we met and you, you know, you've got a boss who lets you make mistakes and also whisks you away to Morocco for a, a, a team <laughs> retreat, right? I know. I mean, I, I'll, I'll happily work for you, Liam. Just, you know, just give me the shout. 
happy to help anytime, <laughs> anytime. But, but to tell us about Mor Morocco and, and what that looked like, because we've had we've had um, and Joe and Connor um, on the show who who you you, you met out in Tagazoo and they run retreats and, and have done in Tagazoo and. Mm -hmm. um, um, we've also been connecting with a, a, a number of other people as well. They've been on the show or lined up. Um, also, um, Magda as well. So, Is Magda already been on the show or will she be on the show? No, she's, I, yeah, I think I was supposed to do the podcast out in Morocco, but my, my mm -hmm. equipment, I had new equipment, it didn't work. And yeah. so that was one failed attempt. But yeah, looking to connect there. But I, I know it's close to your heart, Miriam. Uh, mm. Sundesk uh, and Tagazil as a whole, and what what does that look like taking a team to a, a, a foreign destination <laughs> like that, and on a retreat, and and planning and focusing and having some downtime um, together as well. Um, well, I mean, I always try to combine work with fun, right? I mean, I don't. I always say I don't. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, I love Sundesk, I love to travel, I love the sun, I love to step out of my situation and you know, sometimes you need to step out of it to, ref to look at it. Absolutely. Um, Sundesk is so special for me because you know, you don't have to worry about your laundry, your food, your breakfast, your, you know, you really can focus, you can really work. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I knew uh, my team would like it first. You know, I've grown over the last couple of years. So first it was just me and Grace, Grace and me, I mean. Then it was Grace and Ian, and last time with Charlotte. So I thought, you know, and you, in, you know, when you're in Amsterdam, you just, well, basically work from nine to five. And, uh, you know, we're, you have all these other things on your yeah. mind. And in some days, that all goes away. And you can work when, when you like, and you can focus. And if you want to work nine in the evening to till to, to 12 midnight because we're inspired or we're on a roll, you can do that. Yeah. So, um, and it's of course, you, you get to know each other in a different way. Um, and that's also good, you know, traveling is always bonding. I mean, the, you know, yes, waiting for a plane, all the things <laughs> that go wrong, you know, yeah. what, should, what do you remember of traveling? Not the travels that went 100% right. You forget about those. You remember the holidays when it rained for 10 days or when you fell down the stairs or, you know, when something unexpected happened. That's what you remember. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and, and then you have to deal with it together. So when Grace is sick, you know, we take care of her. In a, nor in a normal situation, it wouldn't happen, you know? So you share different experiences in a different way. So once you're back in Amsterdam, you know, you have a different bond. Um, but you could better ask Ian how he experienced it. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty surprised the first year. Um, I mean, I knew I'd, I'd just done my internship at the office and I was fortunate enough to get a contract right place at the right time, right? And I was so excited. And then Miriam said, okay, and in, in October, we're going to Morocco. I was like, oh my God, okay, we're going to Morocco. Um, I'd never been before. So the whole idea for me was very exciting. And of course, I've never been on a, a work retreat with a team, but uh, I think 
everything that Miriam says is, is 100% accurate. You definitely need to be taken out of your comfort zone sometimes. Uh, and meanwhile, it's, it's very comfortable there. It's just a different sort. Everything is slightly different from the light to the color of the sky to the smell of the sea. We have all those things here, but it's just a little bit different. And I think there's something really beautiful about being able to reflect on that while you're there. And work processes wise, there's nothing better than being able to, you know, not be in the office to talk about work. We always say that we go so that we, we aren't bothered by our daily routines. And that's something, you know, for me, I, I commute to work on the train. Um, that's something for me that when we go to Morocco, I know my commute is only, you know, up the stairs to the breakfast table, uh, maybe across the street if I'm staying in the second house. Um, it's, it's peaceful, but I think what's really cool is the community of people we meet there. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're a really tight team. We've met you there, of course. We've met a ton of people there over the years. Um, and I think that's really amazing. We, you also get inspired by people that are in totally different industries. I don't think anyone else that I've met at Sundesk was working on, you know, working at a university or, or making education programs like that. So in some ways, we're the outliers, which is phenomenal, because I think also... We're used to being that way also at the university. Summer education is different than everything else. And, and at Sundesk, we're also different, but we're with a group of people who are, are used to being different themselves. And I think, that, I think that there's something really valuable with getting to even have great discussions or arguments or share a meal. It doesn't matter. Uh, anything that happens there is, is ultimately good, good for your work and good for the soul. So I think that it's a nice combo. I'd, I'd, I'd fully, I'd fully agree on that front. Yeah. For sure. The tan's well, not before, bad either. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> well, before before we wrap up, what's what's um what's one kind of piece of advice that you could give our audience? I'll ask that to to both you guys, and something that you've picked up, or something that's kept you positive or strong, or something that you've drawn from somebody else under these these uh, uncertain times. What what's what's a kind of one piece of advice you could you could give to our audience? That's a great question, James. <laughs> um, how, how are you ensuring that you keep yourselves um, positive, energized, sane? You know, we, we, we look at you know, some of the ways that, that's, that's helping you. That, that you know, I think, I think what's important is that you are honest with yourself. Yeah. Uh, and um, that, again, it's about making mistakes and... You know, you don't um, have to be perfect. Um, um, you, it's okay to be afraid or anxious or nervous or feel lonely or depressed. And, you know, that's who wouldn't under these circumstances. You know, I tend to be, I have to, I have this personality. I'm always strong. I'm, you know, uh, I'm a single mom. I'm always strong. I raise my kids. I earn my own money. I'm not dependent on anyone. Ooh, here's me. I travel alone. I live alone. You know, <laughs> I'm this superwoman. You are. Of I'm not. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, I tend to get lonely, depressed. I cry. I feel anxious. I can panic. You know, that's also part of me. Yeah. Um, and that's what I learned over the years. But I think that in this uh, COVID situation, you know, it helps me to acknowledge that again, you know, I'm, 
for me the I'm in a kind of risk group, right? <laughs> so I should be I should be more careful than than Ian and Grace. They're way younger, so you know um, I have to acknowledge that. Um, you know, so yeah, don't don't try to to be someone you're not, or and and also accept yeah accept that you're a human being with with. Good Everything. things, bad things, strengths, weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And Ian? Yeah, I think one thing throughout these last two and a half months, which is crazy to say, uh, that has really grounded me. I think I, like many people, have have lost all sense of time. I can, <laughs> I, I know what time of day it is, and, and I know which day of the week it is. Like, I know that it's Monday or Tuesday or whatever, but I don't know the date, really, and I and I don't know the month because the days have all been very similar. And I think that sameness can really be alienating to people because we are used to, to differences in our lives. Even if it's just today, I will get my coffee uh, at this place on my way to my job or whatever. We all build our lives to have those sorts of, um, to help pass the time. And I think that a lot of people's worldviews, our horizons have been shrinking. And I think what Miriam says is really real. I've just accepted that, that, that for now, that's the way this is going to happen. But one thing that's really grounded me is our, our weekly uh, Zoom calls every Monday at 10. And I know a lot of people are just done with it. And I, I totally respect that, but we're a tight team and for me, it's so enjoyable just, you know, at 10 on Monday morning to log in and see uh, all those smiling faces and think, yeah, these are people that, as Miriam says, I can be myself with. And if today I don't feel like it or, or I can't or whatever, that's okay. And, and I know that no one's going to push me if it's just one day. No one will say, come on, snap to it. But that if it does last a while, these are the same people who will say, hey, I'm here for you. It's time to get going. So I would just say find that strength and solidarity within your team to be able to let your different team members be who they are. Uh, and you'll be able to get through it all together, I think. It is really about getting through it together. It's never gonna, I'm never gonna be able to do this alone. Neither is Miriam, neither are you guys. So it's just a nice reminder, I think. Yeah. Very true. Love that. Yeah, our hashtag is stronger together. And yeah. um, I mean, look, with this, with four, these four of us coming together, uh, exactly. having a chat, and, and just giving value, and 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 by having these conversations, we're not, we're not only supporting uh, our audience, but you know, we're supporting each other as well by uh, by ideas and, and lessons as well. So, um, where can people find you guys? Where where can we direct our audience towards uh, senior content? Summerschool.uva.nl they can find everything there. That's uh, links to our summer school online, our online courses, podcast. We've gathered it all in one convenient place for everyone. <laughs> You've said that before, haven't you? You've said that before, haven't you? That's... It, it might be how I end each episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, feel free to um, drop resources as well onto our uh, onto our channels. That's what it's for. We're non-sales, so um, if you've got value to, to add please, please feel free. Um, that, that would be awesome. And, uh, and likewise, we do your podcast episodes, drop them on uh, too. And also um, outside of the, the show, if there's anything Phil and I can help you guys with, I mean, you know, we've plowed our marketing agency's resources behind uh, developing this and we're, we're, you know, we're experts on pillar to micro 
content marketing. So we'd be happy to, to share um, some ideas with you guys. If there's anything that you, awesome. you would find useful, we'd be more than happy to do so. So. Maybe we'll be knocking on your door before you knock on me. Can I ask something? Can I ask both to Phil, uh, James, uh, I, I, you know, but Phil, how does it uh, feel to you when you hear us talk? What does it do with you? Oh, I've, yeah, I've been captivated. I think you guys are real thought leaders. You've got very mm. original thought and approach. You can tell that Obviously, you come from an, an academic world where you'll clearly look into a topic and then just deliver it in a very, very accessible way. It's been very, very enjoyable to, to hear your, your thoughts and your process and things. And also how quickly it, it, it looks like you're able to get rid of something that doesn't work. Or, and, that, and that might be in the micro in a conversation or in, or in a, a whole... Um, curriculum for some education mm -hmm. that's not working like you know so we'll, we'll get rid of that we'll like you say we'll discuss it redesign and and, and go forward again and i think you i think you're naturally doing that uh, uh, just just in a conversation as well so <laughs> absolutely and i'm a i'm a i'm a, I'm a uh, i just love the dutch dutch accent as well i remember i remember it was euro 2004 and i was stood in a in a chocolate shop in, um, in Amsterdam talking to this very tall elderly blonde Dutch lady and who knew her football it was when Wayne Rooney had that amazing tournament and I was I was just in this I ended up standing for 45 minutes in this chocolate shop talking to this Dutch lady about the Euros and Wayne Rooney and I was thinking and so I just like and I've got you know thousands of, of, um, of stories like that over the years visiting visiting your wonderful city I can tell to both of you with you now living there Ian but uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on guys absolute pleasure to have you on and I dare say this won't be the last we'll, uh, we'll look forward to, to, to staying in touch and, and having you back on the show and visiting you in Amsterdam yeah, yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, feel welcome. We'll meet up. <laughs> and otherwise, I really hope we can meet up again in Sundesk. Yeah, awesome. There is, th there is that as well. Oh, along with planting trees in, uh, what was it, Gam in Uganda? In Uganda. Yeah. Uganda. I mean, we're, we're, we're creating quite a positive <laughs> list here. Right? <laughs> between us. I mean, this could be a, a match made in heaven. Indeed. <laughs> All right. But okay, thank, thank you, you so for much having us, James and Phil. No, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Much appreciated. Bye-bye. Welcome. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on the Business Lockdown. Please comment, like, share and subscribe to help build our global community. We look forward to seeing you all soon.